Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast. This is your host, AJ. I'm so glad to have you on right now listening to this episode in this series of Who is This Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Right now, I've got the TikTok family. They're watching as I record this podcast episode of Who is This Jesus? Part 1. Jesus is the bread of life. Uh, I, I've been reading through the Gospels, streaming on TikTok, and uh, just kind of reading reading out loud the Gospels and talking about it as led by the, by the Holy Spirit in my heart, uh, different things that the Lord would highlight as I'm reading them. And so I wanted to come on the uh, Faith for My Generation podcast and record a series of episodes on what Jesus says about Himself. In the book of John, there are seven I Am statements that Jesus makes. And we looked at those, actually, I looked at those with the, the TikTok family uh, the past week or so, at least the record, recording time of this recording of this first part of that series. And I wanted to go back and, and, and kind of flesh out each statement that Jesus makes because there's so much truth to what Jesus says about who He is. And it's this simple. When you understand who Jesus is, that elevates your faith. The Bible tells us that the people of God perish for a lack of knowledge. So if you don't have an understanding, whatever it may be, if you don't understand how prayer works by the means by which God has set up the system of prayer, you're not going to have answered prayer. If you don't understand how God works or what God has promised, you won't receive from Him. It's that simple. You, even in the natural world, uh, if you don't understand the mechanics of a vehicle, you're not going to be able to fix it when it breaks. You know, if you don't know how to work on a car and it breaks, you're going to have to take it to someone who has that knowledge base. Uh, if you know how to run computers, but your friend doesn't know how to work a computer or work it well, you're going to have to teach them how systems work. And so it's that simple. Without knowledge, you can't have faith for anything. You actually have to acquire knowledge before you can have faith for something. And that's why it's so important to understand the Bible, because the Bible is the manual for the believer. Your Bible is your manual for understanding who Jesus is, who you are in Christ Jesus, and what's been afforded to you by the substitutionary work of Christ at the cross. When Jesus died on the cross and he paid the debt of sin, exactly what does that entail and what does that mean? And when you understand who Jesus is, who you are in Christ, and how the debt's been paid, the sentence has been served, the sentence of sin, and the victory has been won, that changes everything. That changes everything. And so we get to the book of John, and when we get to John chapter 6, we're going to take this first I am statement that Jesus makes. But before I get there, let me read uh, just the intro that I have for this series. Is it, I wrote it like this. It'll be more plain if I just read it. Who is Jesus? That's the question. That's the question so many people are asking. Who is Jesus? That's the question that the world is asking. That's the question you may be asking. Who is Jesus? Now, when I ask that question, who is Jesus? 
I could care less what the world thinks. I could care less what mockers on TikTok, as they're scrolling through right now, think. I could care less. I'm not interested in who the world says Jesus is. I'm not interested in what politicians or political correctness or social correctness say he is. I, honestly, I'm, I don't care what friends or family or coworkers or people that pass by. I could care less what they say Jesus is or who he is. Who is the Jesus that we believe in as Christians, as believers? Who is Jesus? Who is he? Who is the Jesus of the Bible? And that's a great question. Think about it. Who is the Jesus of the Bible? A lot of people have no clue who Jesus really is because they've yet to open up the Bible. They've yet to open up the Word of God. And so a lot of people think Jesus is like, you know, some hippie that skips through flowers, fields of flowers, singing kumbaya, saying love is love. They think that Jesus would never judge. or oh, Jesus wouldn't judge, bro. But they have no clue who Jesus is. When you get right down to Scripture, Jesus, He is God. He is the Word of God become flesh. He is holy. He is righteous. He is just. In Revelation 19, <laughs> he, he has eyes of fire. He has hands and feet like bronze. He is King of kings. He is Lord's, uh, Lord of lords. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the Son of God. He is the Lamb slain for the sins of the world. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's that, it's that simple. This is who Jesus really is. He is full of passion and zeal and fire for truth. He is righteous. He is holy. He is the just judge. So I could care less what anyone thinks about Jesus. I could care less what the opinions of people are about Jesus. And when I understand who Christ is according to His Word, then it's my obligation, it's my job to make Him known to this world. So who is this Jesus? Jesus, He is Lord of all. He's the only begotten Son of God. He is salvation of the world. And in the book of John, we see seven statements that Jesus makes. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world. He's the open door. He's the good shepherd. He's the resurrection in life, the way, the truth, and the life. And He is the true vine. Jesus Christ is who He says He is. And He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus will not change. Jesus is not going to change. Jesus is faithful. He is holy. And you must come unto Him. You must receive Him as He is. You know, by the very default of the word Lord, if Jesus is Lord, if He's Lord of your life, you yield to Him. I yield and I submit to Him. His word above mine. His will above mine. And really, when you believe on Jesus and you become a Christian and you're saved and you're made a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, you're given a brand new nature. You have a brand new nature. 
You have the divine nature of God. 2 Peter chapter 1 tells us this. You're made a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's that simple. And so really, it's not about my will against His will. It's I have surrendered my will to receive His. I've I've surrendered my will to receive His. And so uh, first, I want to, as just a main text, really, let let me go to Exodus chapter 3. Concerning these seven statements that Jesus makes, and this is part one of seven parts on the Faith for My Generation podcast. Everyone that's watching on TikTok, check us out, Faith for My Generation podcast, as we're recording this episode live. If you're listening on the podcast and you're not following me on TikTok, it's just my name, The AJ Bible, on TikTok. Love to have you follow. A lot of interesting things go on on TikTok. A lot of people, as I'm watching right now, a lot of people that troll, I'm thankful for the trollers. I never, ever block anyone. Glad to have you, regardless of how you comment or what you think. I just want you to hear the truth of God's Word. And I'm thankful for everyone that has come that wants to hear and listen. Join me as I record this episode. All right. Exodus chapter 3, Moses encounters the burning bush. Remember, Moses, he is born at a time where the Pharaoh of that time wants to tamp down and destroy genocide, kill the Israelite people because they're growing exponentially fast. And so they come up with this idea, let's kill all the sons of the Israelites. You know, I want to make it very plain, very simple. Satan always attacks the innocent folk. Satan has always attacked children. And we see that. Thank God that Roe v. Wade was overturned in the United States of America. Thank God for the sanctity of life. Because if we cannot defend the most helpless, most innocent children in the womb, the most defenseless, how can we defend anyone else or help anyone else? You know, you think about it. I, w- I was thinking about that just uh, the other day. When, Jesus, when, when the Lord wants to do something in the earth, He sends a child. He sends a baby. When God heard the prayers of the Israelites to deliver them from Egyptian bondage, He sent a baby named Moses. When God wanted to uh, deliver the people, the Israelites from the the, uh, Philistines, he sent a baby, Samson. When God wanted to declare that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was coming into the earth, he sent a baby named John the Baptist and anointed him in the womb of his mother. Not after he was born, before he was born, in his womb. And when God wanted to save the world from its sins, he sent a baby, born of a virgin. So here we have, we have Moses, the great deliverer. He he lives about 40 years in Pharaoh's house. He then knows within him something is there, and he has a desire to help his people, the Israelites, And he does it by his own hand. Think about that. He kills this Egyptian that he sees beating these Israelites. He tries to do what he is called to do in his own strength. Anytime you try to do your calling your own way, you'll mess up. You've got to do it God's way. C.T. Studd, a mighty missionary, he said, when you do things God's way, God's timing, you'll have God's provision. So find out not just what you're called to do, but find out how you're to carry out what you're called to do. So Moses, he has to flee because he kills a man. 
and he's in the wilderness for 40 years. And then he comes across this burning bush. He sees this bush that's on fire, but it doesn't burn away. It's consumed with fire, but it's still there. So he comes up to it, and he encounters the living God. And God Almighty tells him to go back to to Egypt to deliver his people, the Israelites. And Moses says, well, if I go back, they're going to ask me your name. Verse 13, Exodus 3.13, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. I am. So that's why it's so important when we get to the book of John and we see in the ministry and life of Jesus that he makes seven different statements. I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's right. He's the great I am. In fact, say that out loud, those that are listening to the podcast. Jesus is the great I am. You can type that in the comments. Jesus is the great I am. He is I am. He is the living God. He is the living God. And so we get to this first statement that we see in the book of John. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus is teaching. He's ministering. And he tells, in fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up a, a few more verses. Because Jesus is, he's telling the Pharisees and Sadducees, they don't want to believe on him. They're mocking him. And he says to them, look, here's the thing. Jesus, verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Verse 30, therefore they said to him, Jesus, what sign will you perform then? that we may see it and believe you. What work will you do? Now notice, they bring up bread. Verse 31, Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, they're quoting from book of Exodus, book of Numbers. They're rehearsing what God did for the Israelites when they come out of captivity of Egypt. They're walking, they're they're traveling through the wilderness and they need food to eat. And God gives them manna. Manna is like this honey wafer. Manna literally means, what is it? Manna literally means, what is it? So they see this substance falling from heaven and they're like, What is it? Manna. And so these Pharisees and Sadducees, these Jewish folk that Jesus is ministering to, that many do not believe on him, they're like, hey, show us a sign. If you want us to believe Jesus, show us a sign. In fact, God sent manna to the earth to feed the Israelites during the wilderness travel, during that time of wilderness travel. Show us a sign. If, God, if you're God, 
You say you are. Show us a sign. Now notice this. Verse 32, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. And and so Jesus is revealing himself. Look, you're wanting a sign just like your fathers, your ancestors had. You want a sign, but what you don't realize is they got a type and symbol of who I am, of who I am. And Jesus says, you want a sign, you want to be like your fathers who ate bread that lasted a day and was gone tomorrow. There were actually rules concerning the manna. They could only gather enough for that day. And if they gathered more, the extra they gathered would be moldy and rotten the next day. Unless they were gathering extra for the Sabbath because they were not allowed to work on the Sabbath. It was a day of rest instituted to make up for 400 years of slavery that they had endured. And so they could only gather up extra the day before Sabbath. So they get to this point when they meet Jesus, and Jesus says, Hey, I, I'm, I am the one you've been waiting for, the Messiah. And they're like, well, show us a sign. You know, Jesus made this point that in the last days, in the last days, there will be many people who will ask for a sign. And Jesus said, the only sign that I will give them is the sign of Jonah which is a sign of repentance. If you remember in the Old Testament, Jonah goes to Nineveh after not wanting to go to Nineveh, after being disobedient and sinful and going the exact opposite direction of Nineveh. Tarshish was the exact opposite of Nineveh. But when he finally repents and goes back to Nineveh, or goes to Nineveh, rather, he preaches a sermon an evangelistic sermon of repentance. This city will be destroyed in 40 days. This city will be destroyed in 40 days. This city will be destroyed in 40 days. That's not a sermon a lot of people would like. Lest you repent, you will be destroyed. Jesus has come to save you. And whether you're watching on the stream, you're listening on the podcast, do not become casual or complacent in sin. Be free. Be made free. Jesus has come to save you from sin, cleanse you of it, so that you might have eternal life. So that you can be saved, not just in the life to come, but right now. For Christ has come to give life and give it to you abundantly. And so Jesus said a lot of people, they're going to want signs in the last days. But the sign they will be given is a Message of repentance. What does it mean to repent? It means to turn, make a 180 degree to turn. If I'm going north and I turn and go completely south, the complete opposite direction, that's a 180 degree turn. That's what repentance means. When you repent, you turn. You, you leave 
your lifestyle of sin. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, you're made a brand new creation and you leave those things that were destroying you and killing you. You leave. And so this sign that they're warning Jesus is, he's come to give them salvation and they want a sign. And that's, that's the, a lot of the problem is for folks that they will hear, they will hear the gospel message and they won't quote unquote more. They'll hear the gospel message and they won't more. They want to bring Jesus down to their level rather than believe and yield and come up to his. As opposed to repenting and believing in Jesus and being made a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, they, they, they want to accept something that will make it okay to live how they want to live, do what they want to do, but that's just not the gospel message. The gospel message the gospel message is that you can be set free, made a brand new creation, made alive unto Christ for now and in eternity. Now, so let's get to this. Jesus said he is the bread of life. This is the first I am statement that Jesus makes in the book of John. Jesus makes this first I am statement that we looked in Exodus chapter 3. Where Moses says, they're going to want to know your name. God says, I am that I am. And Jesus makes this first statement that I am the bread of life. Now, he is rebuttaling what these mockers and naysayers say. Hey, you, our fathers were fed manna. And he says, hey, I have much better bread than the manna that you ate. I am the one that will satisfy your spiritual hunger. You got to understand this, that there is a hunger and a desire within humanity, within people that will never be satisfied unless they receive Jesus, who is the bread of life. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is what we call the Beatitudes. Really, well, the Beatitudes is Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, the first, first 12 verses. But the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And if you turn to Matthew chapter 5 and you read through these Beatitudes, that's part of the Sermon on the Mount, which is those three chapters in Matthew, you get to verse 6, and, and I love this verse. It's a verse that I rehearse so often in my prayer time. It's something that I keep close in my heart. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. See, there is a spiritual hunger that's within humanity. There is a spiritual hunger that is within Every single person that's on this planet, there's a spiritual hunger that is within people. And whether they realize it or not, as I mentioned while I'm recording this episode, I'm streaming on TikTok, there's some people that believe and there's some that don't. But yet they hang around. It's amazing. And I, I God bless the trollers. I love the trollers. But they will hang around for 30, 40, 50 minutes just to keep rehearsing 
their troll comments. Hey, if you're trolling right now, stay around. I want you to hear and believe the truth of God's word. I want you to be set free and saved. I want you to be, I want you to become a child of God. If you once believed and you walked away, I want you to repent and come back. Because there's some people that simply don't believe, but even though they say out loud, I don't believe, I don't believe, they still have a hunger and a thirst inside of them that cannot be satisfied and will never be satisfied until they believe on Jesus and receive Him as Lord. When you receive Jesus, you receive a fulfilling satisfaction in your spirit because He's the bread of life. And those that hunger and thirst shall be filled. And I pray that, Lord, I hunger and thirst for your truth, for your spirit, for your presence, for your anointing, and you're filled continually. Now think about it. How many times have you eaten today? Most folks probably eat three meals a day and a couple snacks. My little daughter, she loves to snack. She is such a snacky little girl. She'll walk around, dada, snacks, snacks. She can't quite get the S right yet. Snacks, dad. Snacks, dada. And she will just munch all day. Every day you wake up, you eat. Every day you're, you're, you're feeding yourself two or three times a day. Snacks here and there, food here and there, drinking water. Why would, why would you think it would be any different for your spirit? Why do you think your spirit would need less fulfillment and nourishment? Your spirit needs more nourishment than your physical body. In fact, as a Christian, as a believer, you know, we're commanded in Scripture to pray with fasting. Now, how often do you do that? Prayer with fasting. All right, first off, what's fasting? Fasting doesn't mean like, I'm not going to eat chocolate today. That's not a fast. That's a diet. Fasting, anytime you see the word fasting in Scripture, it means to push the plate away. It means to push the plate away. And you should, as a Christian, you should pray and fast. Because what will happen is your, your flesh, your flesh that will cry out, scream out and say, ah, oh, well, you've got to eat. You'll say, all right, you're going to have to be quiet for a little bit. Because instead of eating physical food, I'm going to double down on prayer, double down on reading the Word. And if you enter into a time of prayer and fasting, the time that you would be cooking, eating, cleaning, grocery shopping, you need to take all that time not to watch more Netflix or scroll through TikTok. You need to take that time to read the Word and pray. So maybe you have a daily habit of praying 30 minutes a day, reading the Bible 30 minutes a day. That would be a great, 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 great goal to set. If you can sit down and binge watch four hours of Netflix, you should be able to read your Bible at least 30 minutes a day. Let's be honest. It's that simple. So if you were to replace that time you're eating, you could easily in a day pray and study for four hours in a day. I'm telling you, you spend a lot more time. You spend a lot more time eating than you realize. When you go through the fast food line, the fast food drive through line, <laughs> it is not. It is not fast. Most fast food restaurants are not fast. <laughs> 
But why would you think your spirit would need less fulfillment and strengthening than your body? How long will your body carry you? 80, 90, 100 years? But how long will your spirit carry you? For eternity. Everyone will have an eternity. The only difference is some will inherit hell, a place of torment and destruction because they chose to not repent and believe on Jesus. And the others will inherit heaven, a great reward for believing on Christ. And so whether you're listening to me on the stream of the podcast, if you're not a believer, believe. Repent, for the kingdom of God is nigh. The kingdom of God is here now. And there is a time and a place to repent. And believe on Jesus. Repent and believe on Jesus. I just had someone, uh, Justin Hawkins, he, he, he's trolling over here. He says, join or die yet again, loving God. Yeah, God is completely loving. God is loving, which means he is righteous and he is holy. How did God show his love? How did God show his love? By sending Christ to the earth, to die on the cross he didn't deserve. For a debt of sin he did not owe. To serve a sentence that was not his. To win the victory over sin and death, which he did not need to win. That's the love of God. And for me as a person to hear the gospel message... And refuse to believe on it is to spurn. It is to scoff at the mercy and the love of God. Why, why, how do you expect the Lord to deal with, with doubt and unbelief after He gives you years upon years upon years to hear the truth and repent. And so, you know, hey, I, I mean, I, why am I on TikTok right now? Because these very, very folks, you, you think I'm against you. I'm not against you. You can mock and make fun. I'll still be here tomorrow. I'll continue streaming. I'll continue witnessing for Christ. You think I'm against you. I'm not against you. I had to be confronted with the message of the gospel myself. I had to repent and turn from sin and wickedness because it would destroy us. <laughs> My friend Justin Hawk said, yeah, leave us alone by stopping proselytizing. Yet, he can use his thumb and just scroll on. Now, it makes you wonder, My friend Justin, why are you still watching? We're 30 minutes in and you're still watching. It's because the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. So why not yield to the conviction of the Holy Spirit? and receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Hey, Aurora, glad to have you back on. All right, let's get back. I'm telling you what, podcast family, if, you're not, if you have TikTok, it's a fun account to follow. I would love to have you follow. Now, notice this. Jesus said that those that are hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. They shall be filled. 
Now, I want to go to John 7. So John 6 is that first statement that Jesus makes, I am the bread of life. So when we go to John chapter 7, <laughs> this is I was just thinking about this today. I was just I was just in my prayer time thinking about this today. A lot of people, you know, there's folks that don't want to hear the truth of God's word, and they'll say things like, get off of here. Why are you talking about Jesus? Leave. Just blah, blah, blah. Shut up. You know, and people do that in real life, too. I've encountered that as well. But I don't want to hear what you're saying, AJ. Leave me alone. But love compels. Love, the love of God compels you to tell people how to be saved. It's like a lifeguard sitting on duty. And you see someone drowning. Uh, you know, maybe we should ask. Should we ask them if I jump? I should probably ask them, hey, do you mind if I jump in and save you, though you're drowning in the water? Is it okay? I don't want to offend you. I don't want to hurt you. No, you jump in the deep end. You grab the one that's drowning and pull them to safety. It's that simple. <laughs> and so Jesus, here he is. He's at this large festival in John chapter 7. He's at this large feast. And the Pharisees and Sadducees, they're waiting for him because they want to kill him. His brothers told him to go down because, notice this, John chapter 7 verse 5, for even his brothers did not believe on him. They say, hey, why don't you come to this festival and tell people about who you really are? Jesus' own family did not believe in him until after the resurrection. So if you have family members close friends or relatives that think you're crazy for believing on Jesus, you're in good company. You're in good company. And so it's simple. Some people won't believe. My God, it breaks my heart. And so Jesus, he goes to this festival where he's not wanted. The people that are looking for him are looking so that they can kill him. His family went. They don't believe. And what does Jesus do? Verse 37. Jesus just quietly just sits and watch. No. Jesus says this on, on John 7, verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. Jesus didn't ask for permission. Jesus did not say, Hey guys, you mind if I just share something with the crowd? Is it okay if I tell people what, uh, why I'm here? Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He didn't ask for permission. You don't have to ask for permission to do what God's called you to do. There will be people who will come against you, who will oppose you, and it doesn't matter. Those that oppose the work of the gospel, they will not be around for long. There is no hand that can put itself against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and withstand the work of the gospel. There are people, there are people for thousands of years who, you know, they've tried to do away with the Bible. The very people who have warred against the word of God, they're gone. The Bible's still here. It's still the number one printed book in the world. The most owned, most read, most printed book in the world. And yet there are people who say, when, before I'm dead, the, the Bible will be out of print. 
Voltaire's who said that. That's one man that said that. Voltaire said that before he dies, the Bible would be extinct. He's dead, and now the house that he owned, a Bible society owns it and distributes Bibles out of it. Hilarious. God has a sense of humor. John 7, 37, Jesus says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38, He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke, verse 39, concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus is necessary. The bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. And He is the necessary ingredient for your thirst, for your spiritual thirst and spiritual hunger being satisfied. Jesus is the bread of life. And He will satisfy your spiritual hunger, and your spiritual thirst. Now, you think, how do I practically receive that? How do I practically receive that? We understand that Jesus is the bread of life, which means He satisfies spiritual hunger. Okay? How do you receive this fulfillment? You access the truth of God's word, of Jesus through God's Word. You access Jesus as the bread of life through the Word of God, which He is. We're in John 7. John 1, John chapter 1, verse 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We understand that we serve the triune God, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons in total perfect unity. And the Word was was with God, and the Word was God. Jump down to verse 14 of John chapter 1. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. And the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You're going to receive from God through His Word, by the Holy Spirit. John chapter 7, Jesus says that. He's speaking of the Holy Spirit, who had not yet come because He was yet to be glorified. But Christ has been glorified. When Christ died on the cross, He was buried in the grave, and He was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, then resurrected by the selfsame Spirit, Romans chapter 8, the selfsame Spirit that makes you and me alive, raised Christ from the dead, which is God the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit now has come to the earth, fulfilling the prophet's word, prophet, the prophet Joel, to pour out himself with his anointing and presence on all flesh. You know, some people, they, they want to say, they say silly things. It's like, it's, it's, it's humorous. There's folks that think like they've got gotcha statements. Like, you just believe in Christianity because you're a white dude. Right. Because Jesus was white. No, he wasn't. He was a Hebrew descent, Middle Eastern. Was Abraham a white guy? No, he wasn't. He was a Hebrew, Middle Eastern descent. Are my brothers and sisters in Christ in Nigeria white guys? No. Are are my brothers and sisters in Christ in the Philippines white guys? No. 
For the Holy Spirit has been made available through salvation to all people, all nations, all kindreds and tongues. God is not a respecter of persons. The book of Acts, book of Romans both say that. God doesn't care whether you're white, black, brown, red, yellow, pink with purple polka dots. God doesn't care whether you're a man or a woman. God doesn't care whether you're young or old. God doesn't care whether you have a lot of... Hey, hey, God bless Fiji. Someone on TikTok's watching from Fiji. God bless you. God bless Fiji. God doesn't care that whether you're young or old, whether you have formal education or not, certificates, whether you're a high school dropout. What does God care about? Do you have faith? Do you believe in Him? Have you received the Word, Christ, who became flesh? Because that's the means by which you receive and experience the glory of God. Verse 14, John 1:14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hey, God bless France. How do you receive grace and truth through his word? How do you behold his glory through the word of God? By the Holy Spirit. See, you receive everything you're going to get from God's going to come on the foundation of His Word. Some people go hard, hard Word, and, and they ignore the working of the Holy Spirit. Some people go hard, 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 the working of the Holy Spirit, they ignore the Word. But the Spirit and the Word agree. The Spirit and the Word agree. Hey, God bless Jamaica. People just popping in on the comments where they're watching from. God bless Jamaica. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus says this. We know in, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus, he goes out into this wilderness. He departs from the crowd. He departs from his family for 40 days to pray and fast. Hey, God bless Ireland. <laughs> awesome. He's praying and fasting for 40 days. At the end of 40 days, it says that he greatly hungered. Now, he actually experienced true hunger. A lot of people don't experience true hunger. A lot of people, like, if, you, if it's 12.42 and you normally eat lunch at 12.05, what you're experiencing is not true hunger. It's habit. Your mind is telling your stomach, fire up the digestive juices because we usually eat around 12. So hey, go ahead and get ready. We're about to get some food. That's habit. That's not true hunger. True hunger is when you go days upon days upon days and you experience within, within your physical body, like, I, my body's shutting down. And that's what the power of fasting is. It, for a moment, not to abuse yourself, but for a moment in time, you tell the body to be quiet. You tell the body to be quiet so that your spirit and your soul open up to the truth of God's Word. It is a supernatural thing. It's a spiritual reality. It's not something the, the flesh wants to do. But when you can master the voice of your flesh, when you can tell your body, when your body says, I want to do this, and you say, nope, I'm going to do what's right, I'm going to do what's true, you've hit a whole nother level of walking with God. Don't, you don't have to submit to the lust of your flesh. You don't have to look at something just because it scrolls across your phone that you shouldn't be looking at that's sinful. You don't have, well, I wish I could, I, I shouldn't have said that, but I can't control what I say. Yes, you can. 
The Bible says, no man can tame the tongue. But you're not trying to tame your tongue. The Holy Spirit in you will empower you to tame your tongue. So here we get. Jesus, He's coming out of this time of prayer and fasting of 40 days and nights. He did not eat a thing. And Satan comes to tempt Him. And Satan says to Him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. There's bread again. Matthew 4, 3. Satan says, If you're really the Son of God, won't you turn this stone into bread? Now notice what Jesus what his response is, Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Satan says, you're hungry. Won't you abuse the power that you have? Because, see, Jesus makes this point over and over again, especially in the book of John. He says, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. Jesus wasn't just walking around like wizardry. He was proclaiming the truth of himself, revealing the heart of the father through signs, miracles, and wonders. It wasn't a magic sideshow. Let's just turn this bread into turn the stone into bread. No, when he multiplied food, he did it for the purpose of blessing people who had stayed days on end to hear his teaching. And so Satan's just trying to get a one-up on Jesus. And Jesus replies, not out of his own self, but notice this. Jesus rehearses to Satan Deuteronomy 8:3. In fact, there's three times that Satan tempts Jesus in Matthew 4. And each time, Jesus combats the temptation of Satan with the Word of God. How do you overcome temptation? With the Word of God. How do you overcome temptation? With the Word of God. This is why it's important for you to read your Bible. You need to read and study the Word of God. For the Word of God is a spiritual weapon. 2 Corinthians 10, Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, that it is a mighty weapon, a spiritual weapon that pulls down principalities and powers and devils and demons, that it, it busts through evil imaginations. It brings in every thought captive and makes it conform to the obedience of God's Word. The prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah 23, he says that the Word of God is like a hammer. What do you do with a hammer? Two things, either destroy or build. The Word of God does both. The Word of God will destroy temptation and will build a life of holiness. And so when Satan comes with temptation in your life, use the hammer of God's Word to destroy that temptation and then build up your faith. Because Jesus is the bread of life. You're not going to live by bread alone. 
Your life is more than just eating and drinking and what you'll wear and what you'll do for a living and where you go and the house you live in and the shoes you wear and the girlfriend you have in high school or the, you know, life is so much more than just the physicality, than just emotions. Your life, true life, is based on the Word of God. True life begins in your spirit. True life begins with faith in God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is why Jesus is the bread of life. This is why Jesus is the bread of life. Because He brings life. Just like you have to eat to live. We talked about prayer and fasting, but you can't pray and fast for the rest of your life. You'll die. It's called starvation. You have to feed your physical body to live. You've got, what is it? Is it three days that you can go without water, I think? Three to four days that you can go without water before you die. Forty some odd days you can go without food before you die. I know that might sound impossible to some people, but truly, people have done it many times. And not just Christians. There's lots of people that pray and fast just because of the natural benefits of prayer and fasting. Now, personally, I would never fast for any other purpose than to grow closer to God and to silence my flesh. I I would never pray and fast just for physical benefits. I like eating too much. But just as you have to feed your spirit, your body bread, food, so that it can be strong and live, you've got to feed your spirit. How do you feed your spirit? Through the Word of God. For Jesus is the Word, and Jesus is the bread of life. Hey, I'm so thankful that you joined me on the Faith for My Generation podcast. If you're watching... Um, well, no, this, this episode will only be a listen-to episode, so leave me a five-star review if you haven't already. would love to have you subscribe. And remember, as I said, this is part one of a seven-part series. We're going to pick it up next Thursday for part number two, Jesus is the Light of the World. So this series, Who Is This Jesus? Who is this Jesus? We're going to pick it up for the next six Thursdays. I'm really, really excited about this. It's something that the Lord put in my heart. It's something I've studied out before. And as I said, when I was streaming on TikTok, just reading through the Gospel of John, I saw these I Am statements again, and I wanted to flesh them out for the podcast family. So, hey, I'm thankful that you listened. I'm thankful that you're growing in the things of God. I'm thankful that you're studying the Word of God. I'm thankful that you're part of a group of Christians and believers that love God with everything that's in them. And remember, we are the faithful. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you. And every Thursday, I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.